Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is I, Tank Rodriguez, and you're listening to the Texas Podcast Massacre. I'm joined with me are my astute colleagues and co-hosts of the show uh, via Zoom still. Uh, but they're here nonetheless. To the right of me, I have Jimothy James Dean. How you doing, sir? Sup, 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 sup. Oh, that was kind of a bummer, sup. But hey, I'll take it. Well, it's kind of a bummer day, but it's fine. I don't want to uh, work-related things that uh, don't need to be uh, brought up, but it's, yes. I'm, I've been looking forward to this, so this is going to be the highlight of my day. So. Good deal. Let's, uh, all right. Well, you know, I'm sorry about that, bud. You know, hopefully the day gets better because with this episode. You know, ho- hopefully the Dark Lord blesses us with a great day, with a great day and a great episode. Uh, but speaking of Dark Lord... <laughs> Last but not least, we have Dirty, Dirty, Derek. Hello. I am uh, ready to talk about the devil, <laughs> making sure everybody my devil dong. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, put that thing away. You're going to hey, poke an eye out. Look, hey, it's, it's red and bumpy, just like Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't anyway. think that's the devil's fault. <laughs> I need birds. Yeah, I think you need some, I, say, I think you need some <laughs> antibiotics, my friend. <laughs> Anti-Beelzebobotics. That's right. <laughs> hey, anyway. Just an anti-Christ-biotics. Yeah, that's right. Anti-Christ. Yeah, oh, hey, there you go. Well, you know, uh, you know, based off the jokes that we've said, I guess you can kind of tell that we are talking about satanic movies. And but you know, we're not going to get into it right away. But just to preface uh, the episode, if uh, this is not your shtick, you may want to skip the episode and go to something like Stable of Studs or Golden Commando or the Relationship Show. That's right. Where we or you only... need to man the fuck up. <laughs> That's right. Where where we only talk about dick, but not devil dick. Like, Not devil dick. Like we talk about holy dick. The whole, the holy, dick. the holy, <laughs> the, the holy eleven foot penis <laughs> is all well, all righteous taint. Look, we're not talking about Carolito uh, today, so <laughs> that's true. We just brought him up, though. I know, that's right. We always, so we need to stop t- saying that guy's name. Yeah, we're giving him too much uh, too much publicity. It, wouldn't it be super? Wouldn't it be super funny though? Secretly, he's like, eh, eh, eh. nobody knows I have a baby dick. <laughs> it's all like he just has somebody in the special effects department that like makes him have like exactly. a super super hung dong. That's but he's right. actually like he's got a he's got like a Billy Joe going on. You know why I don't why I don't believe that because uh, the universe isn't that fair. No, I know you can't be that pretty and, and not be hung. You know? it's not, I mean, That's the it. world the world is unjust. Um, he probably has some under some underwhelming character flaws, so so it's okay. Yeah, probably just a few. Probably just like his personality and <laughs> like anyways. his music. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I won't I won't actually say he's a bad actor because he isn't actually a bad actor, but no, uh, despite yeah. what Suicide Squad would say otherwise. But anyways. Hey, you don't begin, you, 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 I mean, too much artistic license if you ask me. Yeah. But I blame the director, so. but that's fine. Yeah. I agree. Well, nope. uh, you know, before we jump into it, I know it's probably been about a week. Yeah. Um, Jimothy, are you watching anything else besides Game of Thrones? Yes. Uh, uh, actually, like, so I am on season, the end of season five. Jeez. So, you so, are a pro at watching that shit. No, so no, not really. Um, I, well, I mean, like I said, usually, uh, especially lately, if I watch something, it's usually something I've seen a hundred times and have already brought up on the show. But I don't want to talk about a movie I've seen. 
Um, but I have a, I do want to talk about, and it's, uh, you know, a subject I'm passionate about, which is horror comics. Oh, um, nice. uh, so um, while I was recently in Portland, um, I bought a bunch of collections from uh, the Japanese artist Junji Ito, who is, uh, I mean, basically he is the horror master of Japan. Um, and his stuff, his his works have been actually translated into other media. He's mostly known for um, Uzumaki, for which um, people are very familiar, like with this, there's a specific image illustration, which I've seen on t-shirts and all kinds of places of a girl's face and her, it's like her head is turning into like this spiraling hole. Um, but anyways, about a bunch of his collections and have been reading it and actually rereading it. Um, and I, I, I've been a fan for a while, Hell Baby and stuff. He's, you know, I've, he's been around since the 90s, I think. But, um, you know, definitely master of, I mean, his art is brilliant anyways, but his writing is, he's, he creates these really bizarre, unique stories. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, you know, we, 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 we'd love to talk about horror in here, but I definitely think... Uh, more people should be reading comics to begin with. Um, so I figured I'd give that a shout out. Um, you know, if uh, there's a time, I mean, he has a ton of um, short story collections. They they have Uzumaki as the full um, the full collection of, of that. It, that's like one of his long, he does a lot of like short story comics, um, but there's a lot out there that you should check out. One of my favorite is The Enigma of Amigata Fault. Um, it's a really creepy story. Um, but yeah, definitely check them out. Anyways, I don't want to go oh. pontificate about them too much, but uh, Junji Ito, uh, J-U-N-G-I-J-U-N-I-G-I-T-O, uh, Junji Ito. I'm probably butchering that too. But anyways, uh, so yeah. And then like I said, uh, so much in Game of, Game of Thrones, which definitely has horror elements. Uh, there are things that happen in that show which probably disturb me more than most like brutal underground horror movies um there's a lot of legitimate horror that happens in that show uh outside of that i recently rewatched uh <laughs> night of the demons which i, I seem to oh. watch like every i just watched weeks. i just watched that the other night it's uh amazon it's, prime uh shutter shutter okay yeah. uh yeah no no, no uh, you're right no it was amazon prime i think it, yeah, that's, that's right i was i was on shutter and then i went to amazon prime i have it on i have it on vhs and i have it on the, the screen factory release and i still will just watch it <laughs> i know i always see that too i'm like I, I literally have the dvds with director's commentary and i'm like eh. like it's like yeah, streaming it seems like a lot seems like a lot of work to put the dvd in we're so we're so pampered in these days i know exactly exactly um, and i spent and, like 50 bucks on a, a blu-ray and then i'm still i mean it's fine. It's all right. You you break them out when you really truly need to. That's exactly. the most important thing. And you watched uh, Curse Films, and I wanted to get your thoughts on Did that. We, oh, that's right, because I, I we didn't, brought that we up. We didn't talk about it. We brought it up, but we were going to talk about it here. Loved it. Um, a great show. Um, you know, and this brings up, this will segue, you know, into the show well, too. Um, you know, all the movies that they've talked about, obviously, movie, great movies, you know, the Shining, not the Shining, um, Poltergeist. The Exorcist, Poltergeist, and um, um, uh, um, sure, The Omen. The Omen, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's stories that I, I, I actually, things I learned from watching that that I didn't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're phenomenal. I mean, really interesting. Um, even if you're just a fan of movies in general, you don't have to be necessarily interested in 
horror movies or cursed horror movies. Yeah, no, um, I, didn't, I didn't think it was even like really scary as much as it was like informative. No, like it's it just was, informative, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was really. It would be like watching any type of documentary, like on on cinema. They have some really valid points there. Um, oh yeah. When we're talking about it, it's kind of always funny. Like it, Poltergeist was a more common story that I always heard mm-hmm. growing up because it was uh, circled in so much like death and yeah. um, you know. But yeah, the Omen and the Exorcist was also like. I mean, the Omen is the one of the three they've done so far, which is mo- like mainly like holy, like just the weird coincidences with like the plane crash and then the car wreck and like um, you know and. I would say of the three of those movies, um, you know, as, as brilliant as Exorcist is, I definitely feel like The Omen is the just even the, the, the subject matter is very, you know, uh, foreboding or whatever. But I remember of those movies, the ones that like, you know, the stories of like the cursedness of it was like, you know, pretty eerie. Even like all like a lot of just insane coincidences. Um, was, you know, the, was the omen the one that they they talked about the um like how you can read into really like anything right like yeah that's the one where they talked about um, Mark David Chapman who shot Lennon that was yeah. that was the same episode yes. right yeah I found that was like super interesting because yeah in I, fact that's, I, that that's one of the things I didn't know, know was that thing with Mark David Chapman I had never right. heard that before so. Uh, yeah, it was really interesting. I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. In fact, I'm really looking forward to. I mean, the one that I think, uh, obviously, the Twilight Zone is like that's a very popular story with everything that happened with that, with like the because a lot of these were like actors died after you know. See, I never heard the twi- I never heard the Twilight Zone theory. Like, well, I mean, it's not necessarily, I mean, the theory is... But oh, I mean, are you talking about that, the, the movie? Like, yes. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, the actors a... actually died filming. So, because that's what I was going to say. is like other, you know, obviously, um, uh, I mean, I almost called her Heather Langenkamp. Uh, the, the, the actors that played... Um, uh, oh, Heather O'Rourke. Like, Heather O'Rourke, thank you. Um, you know, she died young, but, you know, she died from medical issues. You know, nothing, like, a lot of it's, like, depressing and sad, but... It, it's not really relatable where on, you know, Twilight Zone, they filmed while filming, they died, excuse me, while filming the movie. So that is a little bit more eerie. Um, And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's a, it's an interesting show. Even if I don't believe in curses um, and all that shit is silly. um, It's still fascinating. I mean, there's still many documentaries about fantastic movies and, and about interesting subject matter, like kind of, you know, sort of, um, you know, macabre things that have happened, you know, what you know related to the movie so anyways yeah no i i really like in the poltergeist one too what i what i didn't uh know from kind of the first like uh my first knowledge of like kind of how people thought it was cursed like i always thought you know i heard about the obviously the deaths and the skeletons in the pool and the whole nine years but what i didn't know was the filmmaker for the third one's take on like the finishing the movie um so i thought it was really interesting to know that like that movie probably could have never existed had he gotten his way in filming it. And like, I, I totally sympathize with the guy. I mean, to go on to, to lose somebody, that, that young girl, like in the midst of filming or like right after you get done filming and then have to refilm an ending that has, yeah. a, stand, has a stand in. It's, it's really kind it's of really, it's creepy, you know? Yeah, and it's funny though, because that's actually, of all of them, that's the, honestly, my biggest thing was all the interviews with him 
was he did seem genuinely haunted by that whole experience yeah. and and really regretful of having to do it. And, you know, seeing, you know, he talked about having such a, like, uh, like an actual real connection with Heather. And you see all those behind the scenes footage or photos, those yeah. um, set photos they show. And it does seem like, you know, he was, they did seem like they were very, like, ha- did have a connection. And you could tell, like, it really did bother him. Um, and it kind of does show, like, the machine that is Hollywood. Like, when money is involved, it's like, you know. It, it's really funny, though, to, like, it's just kind of in the, the vein of, like, things that you, that can and can't happen in film that you don't know really the backstory. Because I didn't know for the longest time that, like, for, that they were going to pitch a, uh, a Fright Night Part 3. And the only reason they never did it was because the Menendez brothers Killed, yep. their, killed their father, who they were yep. supposed to be meeting with. Uh, I think it was supposed to be uh, uh, Ronnie McDowell and Tom Holland were supposed mm-hmm. to meet, meet with uh, the Menendez's father because he was in the industry and yep. because he got murdered, they never happened. So I was thinking about that too. Like, you know, it's funny, like how little things could either change, like the path of where like a, a film is going to go or completely alter the ending. Like, um, yeah, the time zone one was, I always find that, that weird. Um, I think part of that was just the, um, the probably neglect on the set. And, yeah. and I know it inevitably created, uh, you know, child labor laws in relation to like keeping children filming past a certain point. Yeah. Um, I, I, really, but kind of, I, I watched, so I've been watching that show too. And I've been kind of on a kick with, uh, some, some documentary stuff, um, as well, like related to film. I watched the other recommendation that you gave me, which was like the red, white, Nightmare, or nightmare. Is it red, white, and blue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I thought was good. You know, like it was funny because, like, having watched just uh, another documentary recently, it's a lot of the same people, but like younger version of those people. So it's kind of funny to, like, um, you know, see Mick Garris, like, much older Age. than another documentary, and then like younger in this documentary. Yeah. But, and then I, I got bored over the weekend. So I started, I watched the uh, Crystal Lake Chronicles, um, and which is like five hours. But, um, I always find the most amusing part is just hearing the guy who played uh, played Jason in uh, part th- uh, three with Corey Feldman talk about <laughs> how much he hated Corey Feldman and just want to like it was was a white is his last name like who's it, the guy who played Jason in that um, trying um, to think of his name. Let's see. Yeah, we're gonna have to look it up now. But it's just funny. Listen, like, everybody's like, oh, like you know, everybody thought of like Corey like a little brother, and this guy's like. There are just scenes where I just wanted to, just wanted to kill him and <laughs> just get my hands around his throat, and <laughs> I was like, "All right, I'm totally, I can totally see that." Um, so I thought that was kind of funny, um, and, and it's it was uh, Ted White. Ah, that's right, that's right, Ted White. Ted White, yeah, and he just he just absolutely hated, you know. But it's so funny too. You talk about a a, a series though that like I'm, I would be interested to come up, and it's never been called a curse series, but. Friday the 13th and like watching that documentary, it's amazing how many people that have made those movies like over the years are, are, are dead. And most of them were like the teenagers that, that were in the actual movie itself. Yeah. They never made it. Um, so I think it's, it's super interesting to like, I, and maybe that's just because it is such a long running series, but um, I always find it kind of interesting that they, um, it was just kind of one of those things where like, that also had a lot of like death in it. Yes. But like you said, the amount of people that have been involved in those movies, and I, I would assume there'd be some death with as many as they've made, and you know those large like camper kind of counselor like um, 
uh, casts. Because, like, if you think about, like, the majority of those movies probably had at least, you know, two or three, like, quote-unquote leads, and then probably, like, a another, like, five or six, like, main, like, um, supporting actors. So, like, if you think about how many and how many they've done. But, yeah, I mean, the one thing is, like, they make a good point in, in Curse Films is, like, you think about other the other movies that people have died in. Tons of people have died shooting westerns, and but there's something extra ominous when it is a horror movie because like your brain wants to make those correlations anyways. But um, yeah, um, it, it's funny because uh, <clears throat> my friend Casey was actually involved with um, he was actually doing production on and I'm blind, it was it was within the last few years where it's a, a giant lawsuit where uh, some like a stunt person died on set and somebody mm-hmm. actually went to jail for it. Um, uh, I, didn't know it was the, I think it was the director, the producer, and I, I should have, I, I mean, I'm bringing this up on the fly, but maybe I'll try to uh, look it up in a bit. But um, yeah, like we, even like in the last few years, uh, somebody like a uh, stunt person died because of sort of negligent reasons by the filmmaker. Yeah. And um, they were actually put in jail over it. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's a topic. We, we that could be even a whole future topic. Just uh, weird deaths that have happened in the movie. I, I would love to. I would love to dig into that. Maybe after the, uh, <clears throat> maybe after the season of like cursed films like finishes up or something, we can uh, revisit kind of, kind of revisit it because it is a really super interesting topic. And I just, I it's fun just to learn about. I think like horror, or not just interesting film facts about like. The behind the scenes like it's probably one of my favorite things to watch on youtube but you're right when it's when it's horror movies it tends to be a little more ominous i think people read into it a lot more than probably what yeah. it is and well, especially of, like the exorcist uh, yeah. uh the, the omen and stuff these are movies that at first again per, perfect segue because we're like, like nobody believes in freddy krueger nobody believes in fucking frankenstein um people do believe in the devil yeah. and he just even when the devil's attached to a movie there's a whole segment of the population who are either one don't want to watch it and say it shouldn't be made and then will also uh uh like if anything were to happen with those kind of films anything sort of negative well there's a big segment of the populace would be like see you shouldn't play around with fire you put the devil in your movie and you get what right. you deserve kind of now, bullshit now, so, you get, now you get Satan exactly Satan's so. in your movie um, and it's funny too yeah because I, I feel like that's it's such a double edged sword because if you if you say and I always find this like just even just in regular religious conversations too when you say like want to believe in the devil and something it's like the old classic quote of like oh the, the devil's best trick is to make you believe that he doesn't exist and then if you say like you believe in the devil and like you make a movie about it and bad things happen then it's like well you believe in the devil and see like this is a devil's work and the devil's making it happen so like it's that whole like reading and maybe reading into things that aren't there um i mean i, I mean I guess you can believe in like if you don't believe in the devil you can believe in negative energy or whatever you want to believe in but i think people tend to kind of poke at the devil like a lot more um i think the devil gets probably a lot more blame <laughs> um you know the devil gets a bad rap <laughs> so it's not a horror movie but I, it, one of the great my i don't think even like it's a documentary such mockumentary was actually uh um that i watched was uh was hail satan and it was uh <laughs> so about the uh satanic church and like how yeah, it was really satanic yeah so um this is so. This is actually a subject I'm pretty knowledgeable about. I'm pretty passionate about. Um, uh, there's the secular, 
Well, yeah, the devil, basically. Uh, and then, cool. like, who the devil is, like, what he means in both, um, you know, an anthropological sense and then also what he means in a pop culture sense. Um, you know, the, the devil himself, like, is a very interesting character. Even even if you take it straight from, like, the biblical source um, of the Judeo-Christian Satan, you know, Lucifer, Morningstar, the devil, whatever you want to call him, um, you know, there are people who can read into the Bible and actually see a sympathetic character. Um, and there have been a lot of great um, books, comics, movies, substance series that have taken that premise of a sympathetic devil and the origins of a sympathetic devil and, and, and made some pretty interesting stories. Um, the comic Lucifer is a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, it's first um, But yeah, I mean, there, there's tons of examples. But the one thing is that um, if you look at... When I was growing up, uh, you know, I lived through the satanic panic. So I remember when people thought there were devil worshippers everywhere. And if you played D&D, you were worshipping the devil. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, in the height of... You played a record record backwards said that you would shoot yourself in the face. And I remember watching a document. Like, I I remember being in history class and watching a documentary about the Judas Priest, uh, you know, uh, lawsuit and how, you know, a guy was told to, like, blow his face off. And then, like... And they totally gloss over the fact that, like, the guy was doing a ton of coke. Coke, and yeah. He, and he died of coke overdose. Like, afterwards, it's like, no, dude, you got a high on coke, and you thought it was a good idea to listen to some metal while you're fucking head yeah, off. Dude. Like, I mean, that's no devil there. The devil's yeah, in that, the, the, Well, that's I mean, the, the thing. Is devil. The, I mean, you know, I, I was that perfect. I mean, I was that age, you know, um, when, you know, the, like, new wave British heavy metal was coming out, and it was really popularizing uh the satanic era whether it's the band venom and then you know iron maiden and stuff where that was really kind of cool for the first time being like you know when you're a teenage boy to be drawing pentagrams on your peachy folder um but all this was really titillating and really you know i was that perfect age you know i was you know uh definitely i was playing D, all that stuff but you know that's if you look at the history of actually like actual history uh, satanic worshippers have been responsible for exactly like zero deaths. Like it, it doesn't exist. Um, and so with like with like the the movie Hail Satan, where you did have that, you know, it was sort of the modern. I mean, there are that's a whole thing. There are theistic Satan worshippers, sure. satanic in the sense that yes, they actually do <clears throat> believe in the devil and you know they do worship the devil, but it's still not. They're not committing sacrifices. They're a theastic Satanist who just... It, it, I, what I just find funny about it and, and like what amused me about it is like there is a level of pageantry to it, right? They're ritual in, in a sense. But to me, it's no more different than somebody getting up and moving their body in a Baptist church. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's to me. But the difference yeah. is like the, who they're there for versus like where... And, then, and that's one thing I really liked about the movie was just it really highlighted like, hey, we're, we're not here to make people do bad things. We're like, we're here to be inclusive in an organization. We're not yeah. here to like, well, that's, it's all about being you. And yes, there was like the few people, like the one woman in like the Detroit chapter that was like taking it way too far and they, they asked her to, to leave. But I feel like that's like, you get that on either side of the coin when you get people fanatical about it. Well, know? no, so that's, okay. So that, that's a great, um, so, you know, first off, the, the modern, 
like the, the you know because there's like the satanic te- there's the uh, satanic temple uh, the church of satan there's different but the satanic temples basically their whole thing is just like a, they're a human rights organization they're using they're using the ability of claiming to be a religious organization to point out and fight the hypocrisy of you know mainstream religion yeah religion trying to to become political enterprises which it goes against everything that we stand for in, in the united states so you have that you have this the the, the satanic temple who are like look man like we don't you know first of all, we don't believe we don't even believe in the devil like we most of them are are uh believe human, in secular humanists ideals, or, yeah. yeah but they just believe that everybody <clears throat> should have the right to you know love who they want to love vote for who they want to vote for blah 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 so and that's what's so great about that movie is even like I said, that when that one performance artist girl who's who's a little bit more, um, uh, her ideology starts to tend to go a little bit more extreme or more political. Um, you know, when when she calls for like a violent act act against the president, you know, uh, the leader and I'm blanking on his name, um, but um, he he's like, look, like we just that's not what we're about. Like we don't want we don't want violence. Even if somebody I can't stand voting for or like trying to enact violence uh, against anybody goes against what we believe in, even if we don't agree with their politics. And I thought that was really great because, you know, they are standing by what they say they, you know, they, they believe in and stuff. Yeah. But, um, the, best yeah. part of the, the best part of the movie was their after school program <laughs> that they did. They went, they went to the school to volunteer in an after school program. And it was like, it was like after school fun time with like, with Satan. <laughs> Yeah, and it was like yes. they had coloring books, but they really That's didn't like right. yeah. homework and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? Like honestly, yes. like it can't be all that all that bad. But like, what's funny is kind of like the, you know, again, it goes back to the whole like, um, you know, like devil hiding in plain sight, which reminds me like so this movie I, I just recently watched like about a month ago is called American Satan. I don't know if you. You've seen that, yeah. That's uh, I won't, I haven't seen it, I won't see it. It's the uh, dudes from that uh, uh, Black Veil Brides band. I want nothing to do with that shit, but <laughs> I, I could as soon as I saw that it was that guy, the guy from Black Veil Brides, I was like, I cannot, I cannot support that. But did you actually like it? I, you know, it was an interesting concept. I really liked Malcolm McDowell's character, um, in, in that movie. It was really just, um, kind of, it was kind of funny, like they, you know, obviously it's about a about a band that wants to make it big and they want to go to Hollywood and they're kind of this mix up of like American and British and they go to Hollywood and they kind of meet this like enigmatic like strangers like Malcolm McDowell and he's uh, you know really kind of like trying to convince them like he's like the whispering in the ear like the lead singer and it leads to this uh, you know you want to be famous but you got to do this you got to live like the satanic lifestyle and um, you know obviously it doesn't and very well uh, for a lot of them, but it's always that like question throughout the movie of like, you know, is he is he the devil? Like, is he? And there are people that don't believe, and they're like, you're just you know doing bad things because you want to do bad things, and and he's like, no, like it's really, you know, it's got the devil. Like, uh, you know, we have to do what he wants to do, or you know, so it's kind of it was very a subtle, um, like nod to like, you know, maybe maybe it is kind of the deal with the devil type situation and. And whatnot. So I thought that was the, an interesting part of it. Like, you know, normally when you you kind of have movies like that, they seem very straightforward. Of like, yes, this is the devil. Like, yes, this is this is who it is, and 
this is what they want you to do, and you're gonna see demons and the whole nine yards, but it really wasn't it was I would almost say it's like was a little bit more like suspenseful more than like it really was horror. No, it's but um um but yeah, well it's, it wasn't actually it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be, but um kind of watched it on a whim, but um but yeah, I, I told I totally get it. Like they <laughs> they, they the music, the band, they were all like super douchey. And, uh, yeah, dude, I can't get but, uh, that. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're a fan of Black Veil Brides, more power to you, but I, Daddy can't play with that. So yeah, that's okay. But uh, but yeah, it, it was very much in, in kind of the vein of our subject tonight. Like it was very more of a subtle nod, but then like at the same time, too, you have movies like, uh, um, like The Devil, for example, like, um, which is very like kind of interesting twist on like kind of. The Devil in Purgatory, um, which I thought was was kind of interesting. Um, I think that was a Shyamalan film, if I remember. Produced, right. yeah. Um, produced, yeah. Or yeah, like M Night Shyamalan presents the Devil. Yeah. yeah, like put the name on the is the stamp, but not quite there um, all the way. But and then you kind of have those uh, those type of movies as well, which are a little more straightforward. It's kind of like uh, you know, as above is below, kind of yeah, like satanic like uh devil representation or purgatory or hell that's like represented in kind of your own private hell so i thought it was very interesting do you have, do you have any uh, favorite james that you like your go-to um, for movies about the devil or satanic yeah. worshipers oh, oh man. yeah any of the above i i know you're dying to die about this so i want to <laughs> oh boy do i um i mean if you have some of the greatest first off i mean if you're gonna make a movie uh you know, a horror movie, and you want to really fuck with people, uh, to really get people upset, The Devil's the quickest way to do that. Um, as we even were already talking about, some of the most important movies, especially of the 70s, uh, The Exorcist, uh, The Omen, um, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, uh, exactly, which is, I think, Rosemary's Baby is one of the quintessential and, like, one of the most important. Um, you know, those were movies that were big budget big budget movies and made a lot of money because it, you know, the devil scares people. Um, I think though, the, you know, the seventies had so many underappreciated because there were just so many, like I said, but um, you know, one movie that I feel like doesn't get, I mean, I don't don't know who we talked about the show, Uh, the devil rides out um, with Christopher Lee. Hmm. Um, It's a great movie. Um, you know, it's got one, I think, their version of uh, the devil. I forget what they, he's one of his other names in the movie. They refer to him as a couple of different things. But it's the, the devil, basically. But their, the makeup and effects they did for that movie is probably, you'll probably, if, once you see it, you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. They've used that image, um, that makeup design in those, you know, still photos of that. Uh, in a ton of places when they talked about the devil in film. Um, but it's a great movie. Chris Lee is, you know, amazing in it. Basically, uh, kind yeah. of, yeah, one of, um, you know, one of the first films to basically say, like, that uh, high society is, in, you know, basically rife with satanic worship. And that kind of alludes to people gaining political and, you know, monetary power through worshiping the devil. It's a great movie, though. Um, one of my favorites, you know, and it does, it is kind of very similar to, um, both, actually it's very similar to both Rosemary's Baby and The Shining, is this movie, The Sentinel, which has oh. an amazing cast. Yeah, which um, is, it's got Jeff Goldblum in that. Um, Jeff Goldblum, yeah. uh, Christopher, Sarandon. Meredith, 
Chris Sarandon, Burgess Meredith, uh, um, uh, uh, Christopher Walken, a young Christopher Walken in it, um, Beverly D'Angelo, which is still one of the most <laughs> memorable scenes in cinema history. Uh, for those of you who've never seen it, um, Beverly D'Angelo, uh, you know, I won't even say it. I won't even tell you what it is. It just when you watch the movie The Sentinel, and as soon as you see Beverly D'Angelo and her, uh, the uh, other uh, older woman in their uh, baller ballerina leotards, you're in for an interesting scene. Um, some weird things are about to happen, but it's a great movie. You just got that beautiful vibe of that. that that's why I love Sydney's film so much. Is like you know they 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 took their time. It was all about atmosphere. Um, you know, for a lot of the movie, you're wondering is this real? Is it not real? You know, is it you know is it just you know um, are the tricks of the mind being played and you know, but it also has a really kind of bummer ending, uh, which I, I love. I, you know, I think the 70s were far more brave about making endings that weren't necessarily, you know, crowd pleasers. Um, but so you have that whole era of, um, you know, the 70s, which I feel like, you know, there's tons. One I want to talk about, though, uh, and it was actually the movie that made me want to bring this up, um, is the movie The Devil Rides Out, which I wouldn't even say is necessarily a classic horror movie. Um, uh, but I mean, it's um, first of all, it's got War Notes, who's you know the fucking the coolest dude ever. But it's, you've got Pierre Fonda and War Notes. Them and their wives are basically um, uh, going out to this like motocross thing out in the uh, desert. But the movie take the movie is about people from San Antonio. Oh, really? Pierre Fonda and War Notes are from San Antonio, and they're going out to rural Texas. Um, and they basically, while they're out camping, they basically witness a uh, ritual sacrifice by uh, some Satan worshippers in the in the in the uh, woods. And so then it just becomes a chase movie, like the satanic hmm. the satanic cult is trying to you know get them. Um, hence the name uh, Race with the Devil. But um, great movie, I love it. It's you know the again more notes and Peter Fonda are great. Um, you know I felt like it had to be brought up because it you know definitely it's a Texas uh, film so get the special shout out on this podcast but um but it's a great movie but it just it just encapsulates like how brilliant the 70s were with taking that subject matter and really doing unique things with them because again you know the omen the sentinel uh you know the the, um, the exorcist com all kind of similar in some concepts but completely different movies with you know all of them are really watchable in fact that's why like a lot of movies like the Sentinel stuff, which I think didn't get, because there's just so many movies at the time doing the same thing right. that they don't aren't as well known or beloved. Um, but yeah, so um, you know, those are the first ones I wanted to bring up. Uh, was just that, like some of my favorites from the seventies. Um, what did you have any other movies that might come to to uh, mind, Derek? Um, Tank. Thank you. Got any any devil movies that you? Uh... I mean, like. There's like one that always comes. Well, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's directly about the. I mean, well, the first one is that there's two of them that come to mind. It's as far as like when it comes like satanic. Uh, the first one, I'm not. There's probably not a horror movie to you, James. Uh, but I still thought it was suspenseful. Was Constantine? Mm -hmm. Um. Oh yeah. I, I mean, it's it's not it's not horror. I get it. Yeah. But it's I got mean, horror elements, obviously. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah, no, sure. Constantine. I'll tell you, give you some background. I, I was actually um, working at a comic book store 
as managing income, I'm sorry, uh, when that was coming out. And uh, God, that I, makes so much sense. You didn't know that? <laughs> no. Yeah, I managed a couple of for a decade. Um, uh, but so I was working there when it was coming out, and I remember people were pissed. They were like, what? Keanu Reeves, it should be Sting, because that's who the character John Constantine was actually based off of the uh, musician slash actor Sting. Um, and they were like, oh, Keanu sucks, and this movie's going to suck, and it's so different. And then, you know, the movie came out, I was like, you know, it is really different. It, it, it isn't super close to the... Um, the source materials, but it's a great movie. And uh, Pierce Stormare was great in it. Um, he, he's probably one of my, uh, he's probably one of my, like if I had to rank like some of my top uh, Say people, devils, devils, like in a time, he's like my top five. Like, yeah, he's great. He's absolutely. so genuinely creepy yeah, in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, the whole oh, the whole, that whole like last like 30 minutes are so good. Um, I'm, um, uh, the you know actress who plays um, uh, uh, Tilda, Angel. Swinton? Tilda Swinton is great in yeah. it. That the the gender bending thing they do is so good in it because you know they in the actual Bible uh, I was in mythology that probably would piss people off. Um, in the Bible, uh, you know the angels are represented as having no sex, no gender, and that they are are always been portrayed as very ambiguous. Awesome. Yeah. But she was great in it. Um, yeah, it's a fun movie. Um, uh, definitely, uh, like Derek, like you said, definitely one of the most interesting versions of uh, the devil on screen that we've ever seen. Yeah, uh, you know what's, what's a, a great movie? You know, another great uh, movie in an adaptation of the devil is Angel Heart. I was going to bring it up tonight. Yeah, yeah like um, you know yeah. that whole movie, just the ever like a like a pseudo noir thriller, like with satanic overtime, like. That's as soon as I when I was a kid I heard what the uh, the concept was I was like, that's five things I love in one movie. Um, right. And then you got you know young Mickey Rourke, Robert De Niro. I mean playing the devil, which oh, yeah. visually Lisa, Lisa Bonet. Yep, exactly. Oh. Could Hello not agree more, sir. Yeah. Hello, eighties. Exactly. Oh. But yeah, that's a great movie. Uh, that's it. So, what are your thoughts? I always ask this because it is this is always split down the middle. End of days with Schwarzenegger. Uh, you know, I, I've seen it. I, I mean, uh, you're so funny. You're like I. I always say this, and everybody means you. Know, they hate, love it, or hate it. But you were always sort of right in the right in the middle of like I don't really care like about. Yeah, movie. I remember being kind of like that's you know the era of Schwarzenegger was just sort of depressing, like The Eraser, End of Days, where he was sort of. His movies weren't making money and they all the scripts were but that's the thing is so like end of days um that any movie with that the premises like involves the devil has always got my attention like i always want to see especially like especially those movies that sort of cross the line a little bit go from like a horror movie or a suspense thriller to like include other things like sort of action elements or whatever um but i do remember just being sort of like meh with the whatever with the movie um, like the uh the ninth gate with uh with, Thank uh, you. With Johnny, uh, Johnny Depp. Yes. I love that movie. Um, that's also one that doesn't get a lot of love, but I feel like that's um, so, you know a great direct, movie. You know who directed that, right? Uh, I know you're going to ask me, but I don't know, but I'm going to look. Uh, let's see here. Let's it's going to be surprising. I mean, I assume it would be if you didn't. Uh, oh, well, it was Roman Polanski. Yeah, isn't that oh, crazy? Right. It is yeah. crazy. Yeah, isn't that wild? Definitely... 
once I, once, uh, you know, I watch it, I can feel that, but it still doesn't, feel, I mean, you know, this is like post the pianist and other things that he had done. So, but it, I, I, I enjoy that movie. I, especially, um, uh, um, you know, it's, I think it's probably Johnny Depp's last really interesting character, cause especially because he plays a very unlikable kind of shystery kind of guy. Oh, yeah. But the, all the cast is really strong. Um, yeah, that movie's great. Um, one movie, uh, I mean, there's, ta- I mean, literally, there's, there's so many movies. Like I said, Devil, The Devil's been really prominent. One movie that I want to talk about, though, uh, one, one of the many movies I do want to talk about, um, which is a very interesting portrayal of the of the devil uh and i've talked about in this podcast before as and i've even said it's one of my favorite carpenter movies though is prince of darkness oh Um, yeah it's one of the you know you take you take the idea of like like the embodiment of evil and then you include it in a like um uh theoretical physics sense and you know like and it like they show like instead of it being like a go-ahead demon it's like this kind of like energy instead and but like causes people to do fucking horrific things and lose their minds whatever um i remember the first time i saw that it was in my 20s because it wasn't a movie i grew up with um uh it was a movie i came into later um uh you know and i remember at the time like i said the thing from my the only thing i remember of the movie and again I, I might have even seen him as a kid but the only thing i do remember of it was just you know uh, alice cooper was very creepy in the in the trailer for mm-hmm. it and the advertising for it but it was a movie i, I saw in my 20s and i really like immediately loved um uh you know the, the cast is great the um script is really smart and again it's really creepy because it doesn't come at you with the sense of like um uh you know, it's like so. You know, like eye rolling. It's not like a, like a William Castle movie. It's not like you know. It's like it's like this is kind of like intelligent, very like unique way of explaining like the the uh, concept of evil and what it is and how it exists and stuff. And again, the cast is great. A bunch of like people like you know character actors that Carpenter has used, but like no big name stars in in those main roles. But and it was one of my favorite movies about the devil, just because it just it goes it it's so it's unique and its own thing so you know a movie i really liked um it's funny because i i don't really ever really consider a horror movie as much as i do like an action movie but um and it's just batshit crazy as well it doesn't really have the devil in it per se but um kind of representation is uh the patrick lesser film drive angry with nick cage yeah we've talked um, about that before on this yeah yeah i just think you know like a, from like a satanic cult perspective um you know the, the cult leader and all the people are really creepy but i love william fisher's uh version of like the collector or the auditor yeah um, that's probably my favorite part of that whole movie and uh i, I love it when kind of somebody comes in and plays a role that is not it's very um middle of the road of like I don't care about you or anybody else. Like I'm here to do a job and that's it. And, uh, but it's always funny to me. Like it's the whole, like, oh, I'll see you in five years. I will see you in 10 days. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. So, but I always kind of thought it was uh, funny. I always thought that like they miss out on a great opportunity to do a, uh, kind of a prison escape movie. If the prison was in hell. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny too. Cause I read, I mean, you know, I remember when that trailer came out, I was like, what the fuck? But 
um, you know, I, I remember a few people I saw who saw it when it came out were like, dude, this fucking movie's fucking really fun. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's Nick Cage. It could go either way. But, uh, a lot of action, a lot of car chases, a lot yeah. of boobs. A lot, a lot of tough of, guy dialogue. A lot of yeah. tough guy dialogue, uh, you know, and a lot of ass kicking, you know? And of course, he's dead. So, I mean, he can really take a beating and, and still there survive. Uh, funny enough, so it has the, uh, in it, it has the guy who was the, one of the writers for uh, for Jason X, uh, who plays like the boyfriend in that movie. Oh, I never know that, really. Yeah, uh, yeah you recognize his, his tall, bald head anywhere. Um, <laughs> and uh, so it's kind of funny watching watching him in that movie, and I'm like, I know you. You're from Jason X. You you made a movie I liked as well, so I guess I'll watch you. Um, there you go. But yeah, I was like also the fun depictions of the devil. I think that's kind of where the Constantine devil falls in for me as well. Yeah. Um, and of yeah, course, you can when, never forget the Tim Curry version of the devil in Legend, because that is well. See, I would I would argue to say that you know that's not uh, the devil because his name is uh, the Darkness. Uh, he's just I will say, but regardless of all that, it is the best physical depiction. Yes, I mean there's some great. I, there, there's this, I talked about this movie a lot on this podcast. The movie of the Church, the Italian horror movie, The Church. Yeah, which is a great movie about. In fact, should be actually should have brought that up already, but. Um, uh, their physical depiction of the devil is really interesting. Um, uh, another movie that actually I do want to talk about, um, which again I've also talked about on this pod, uh, on this podcast multiple times, is the Day of the Beast, um, the Spanish horror movie. Mm-hmm. Humor, you know, it's about the same guy that did uh, Witching and Bitching, and just a great director. But um, the end of that movie has a physical depiction of the devil that's really well done very creepy but but very typical devil like baphomet devil like you know go-headed devil but really well done really tr- truly genuinely pretty creepy um one thing that i feel like i need to talk about because it's one of the more modern depictions of like satanic worship and and uh uh like a satanic cult is um house of the devil uh ty west house of the devil um you know i i we just even I think last podcast or one of the podcasts that talked about the innkeepers being kind of disappointing. And yeah, it was the last one about uh, the ghost. But um, where that movie was disappointing, I think House of the Devil still holds up as one of my favorite horror movies of the last ten years. Um, you know, Ty West was definitely um, influenced by the Satanic Panic of the '80s. I wanted to have a movie that sort of captured that vibe. Um, and one of my favorite things about the movie is that it feels very 80s without being like overly pedantic. Um, the opening, the, the opening sequence with the music and the title cards and just everything ha- captures such an authentic 80s vibe. Um, but the fact that the movie has a very slow burn um, for the first 40 minutes of it, it's very atmospheric and creepy, and, but nothing really happens. It's more of your playing off of your expectation and playing off the, the, um, atmospherics that 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 the director builds um and then there's one quick sequence that you know happens of this out of the blue violence um where you go oh shit maybe this there is something here and um you know some people say that the ending was disappointing i am not one of those i I thought the ending worked perfectly for what the movie was trying to do um but definitely very and again like the cast you know um um uh, yeah it definitely looks like i i've seen this before i don't think i've ever finished it but um, yeah, it definitely looks like that that seventies eighties feel, like yeah. within, a, within a movie. Even just like from like the title card perspective, it looks like a seventies. Oh it's, yeah, the title it's so good. And like um, you know, right now it's very popular that um, 
you know, a lot of these movies have synth soundtracks and have sort of gone to the carpenter well and trying to make it super, um, you know, you know, it's very hip to use uh, synth scores. But, you know, this movie came out in 2000 and 2009. So actually, oh, it's been more than, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite movies in the last uh, 12 years. But um, it's, it's just a fucking great, the, the, they have very economic score, synth driven before it was really cool and trendy. Um, great movie. And again, like I said, casting Mary Warnoff and Tom Noonan as like the two sort of, as like the couple um, that own the, the house uh, that the lady's babysitting, house sitting. Um, fucking great because those are, I mean, they're two old character actors who've been in a ton of great amazing movies uh rock roll high school fucking manhunter i mean between the two of them they've got amazing credits but you know they're not really being used so ty west used them in really amazing fashion in this movie so uh house of the devil if you've never seen it listener uh it gets my highest recommendation honestly like i said it's just but it may not be for everybody again it is kind of a slow burn but i love it um did you ever watch uh did you ever watch it was released by it was about 20 years ago now but it was called uh faust uh, which version of Faust? Uh, the 2000 version. I, it's um, it was originally called Faust: uh, Love of the Damned. Is this? It's the comic book based one, right? Yeah, the one where the guy sells his soul for, where he sells basically sells his soul for like superpowers so he can avenge his yes his girlfriend. So, yeah. Yes, I have seen. Uh, yes, I have seen it. Uh, it's based off of a comic I'm very familiar with. Is uh, it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, what was the subtitle on again? Love of the Dance, right? Yep. Yeah, so it's based off of this comic um, that I've actually been friends with uh, the uh, cartoonist Tim Vigil online for a long time. Um, it's great, actually. It's, it is one of the most insane graphic comic books. In fact, it held a record for a long time as the most um, graphic comic book of all time. Things happen in that snakes come out of weird holes off of mm-hmm. women and mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy stuff but tim Vigil's a brilliant artist um basic story is like this homeless dude is insane uh thinks he sees the he sees demons like in his head he's like this superhero with these like kind of like almost like wolverine blades and uh from our perspective he just looks like a homeless guy cutting up people eventually it there are devils and stuff and he's not insane but you know the very first issue kind of sets it up is like he's just a lunatic with blades um the movie is so you know who directed the movie? Uh, oh, a, Brian Brian Yuza. Brian Yuza, yeah, one of that the, makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, it's funny that you mentioned that because about three or four, just a few months ago, I was actually trying to find a copy of of that uh, uh, on eBay. Because um, I was like, I, you know, I, I um, if you guys are, if you're a fan of like uh, dark art and illustration, uh, Tim Vigil. Uh, Follow him on Instagram. He posts some pretty amazing, not suitable for work uh, illustrations. Um, but yeah, he, he posted something that sort of had reminded me. Um, you know, I, I there's the, the movie Faust and this movie called Giver, which is based off of this um, Japanese yeah. manga oh, stuff. Yeah. Like th- those movies were out kind of in the same er- era, like in, the, in a couple of years between. And yeah, you know, when I was a, in my 20s, I was a fan of both of those movies. I mean, the Faust and Love of the Dead isn't a good movie. But no. it's fun, and uh, what I what I really liked about that movie actually was uh, kind of the unique depiction of the devil. 
that's yeah. kind of like that's what I always drew me to it. Um, obviously, this, this stinks too, but uh, um, but yeah, the, the like the depiction of the devil was it was weird enough, like um, that I was like, okay, like if I pictured the devil, like that's kind of maybe what I would picture mentally um, a little bit, but it was just very eye catching, like in a weird way. It, so it kind of just wrote me, wrote me in when I when I started watching it, and I'm like. You're right. You know, it's not not a fantastic movie, but no, it, no, but it's a fun movie and really unique. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, and yeah. obviously Brian used that like makes, makes total sense. Yeah, um, one of my actually that you're saying it is one of the genuinely creepy. In fact, I think before Peter Stormare, I would have said the genuinely the creepiest and most unique version of the devil um, was in uh, the movie The Prophecy, the Christopher Walken. Um, uh, uh, Glenn Danzig cameoed uh, first uh, prophecy movie. Um, very creepy. That actor they got to play the devil in that was very creepy and very uh, effective. It's super funny. My my wife and I we always have this debate because our son's name is Gabriel, and uh, my wife was a big fan of the uh, the, the Patriot with uh, Heath Ledger, and there was a character named like Gabriel Thomas in that movie. And I always tell my I always tell my son when he was growing up, I'm like fuck that, like Christopher Walken. All the way, <laughs> like the all, angel, all yeah. the way, the the best version of the Avenging Angel ever, like total badass. So could not agree more. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's no, that's a great movie as well. Like I, that's probably one of my top like Christopher Walken like roles is is that movie. So um, yeah, the, uh, the 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 um the series of the movies isn't great uh but the first one is is really oh yeah i mean the first one's epic like it's the same thing with like uh the warlock um yeah great yeah, yeah. with uh, julian sands like julian the, sands. the rest of them are like are not great but like the first one is like you, you can't go wrong it's like that one on the Wishmaster. they all came out around the same time and they were all kind of in the same vein the yep. same I, it's funny well. i was i was bringing that up to uh somebody we, a mutual co-worker of ours ours uh, in passing was my love of uh, uh, both. Uh, he, uh, the person I was talking to, had said knew of Wishmaster, um, which was really interesting because that's not like a super well known property, no. but wasn't aware of Warlock, the that Julian Sands uh, mini franchise. And I said, like, at the time, those were like the two only cool new, like, horror movies. Like, they had like, it, they're like a new franchise or whatever. And uh, I actually really liked Julian Sands. I think he's a phenomenal actor and it's kind of sad that he's become this sort of like B-movie guy, but he's a fucking really good actor. But he, was, anyway. he was, he was, uh, he was, I, I was actually, like I mentioned before, he was in that Into the, the Holiday Into the Dark. Uh, yeah, I know, and he was really good in it. He was great, but I was like, oh man, like you, you have not aged well. Like you were showing that you were older in the 80s and yeah. you're even older now. I'm like, oh, well, I'm will a, never be the warlock. I have a friend, um, uh, my friend Sonia, uh, shout out to Sonia if you're listening. Uh, she loved, she grew up with the biggest crush on Julian Sands. She thought he was the bee's knees. So uh, I, I'm wondering if she's seen him recently and if she is a fan of uh, of his current work. Um, but uh, Well, like you said, don't don't meet your heroes. It will be disappointing. And I, and I see that the, the only person that, from that era that I would want to meet that probably still holds water is uh elvira yes i could not yeah oh yeah she is like she, she, i think honestly i think she uh think she sold her soul to the devil because she is she should not look like that at her age um, lucky guy that's awesome yeah 
Lucky, lucky guy. Um, one movie I did want to also talk about, um, especially because this movie is very contentious among horror movie fans, um, is uh, Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem. Hmm. Okay. Um, now, this is a movie I actually I saw in the theater. Uh, uh, the first seven eighths of the movie I was totally on board for, and then the last five minutes I fucking was. In, I in wouldn't say I was shocked. Rob Zombie fashion. Yes, exactly. It just de- de- degraded into a bad. All of a sudden, it just turned into a, a bad Rob Zombie music video uh, with just fucking music and jump cuts and fucking nonsense imagery. Um, but I mean, the whole it was. I thought it was brilliantly atmospheric. Um, I definitely think it was his most um, artistically successful film um, outside. Like, you know. Basically, he was instead of ripping off uh, Toby Hooper, uh, he was ripping off uh, Dario Argento. Basically, um, definitely had a very like giallo Italian horror vibe. Oh yeah. Um, but I thought the imagery he used was great. I mean, he had the typical unlikable fucking asshole main characters who all talk super lewd and crude and are all like kind of jag off. Um, but I thought Sherry Moon Zombie was great. I mean, she carried that whole film. I thought she was actually very grounded and believable character. Yeah. I, I didn't find her super annoying. I know some people have. Um, I mean, I'm the Jeff Daniel Phillips, the uh, the guy that is in basically every single Rob Zombie movie now. Yeah. Sort of. I love him. I think that guy's really entertaining. I think he always, I think he, him and Richard Brake both elevate Rob Zombie's material. Um, but uh, you know. I really liked it. There's a whole sequence in the um, film where, like, she goes to this church and basically, uh, the all of a sudden the the, the priest that she's talking to, who's very like supportive and comfort, trying to comfort her, all of a sudden uh, starts, you know, getting very like highly sexual with her and stuff. And then she awake like wakes up. But that whole sequence was super, um, super creepy and super effective. And I remember being like, "Damn, that was actually good filmmaking." Like he. Everything about it, like the editing of it, the pacing of it, the performances, like everything really worked. And I was like, man, this might be my favorite Rob Zombie video or music. Or, uh, I just, I just uh, ruined what I was gonna say. But I was like, this might be my favorite Rob Zombie movie. And then at the end, I was like, god damn it! But you it had, you you had me there until the last like yeah. 15, ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, it just turns into yeah. And the thing I will is, say, it wasn't a bad movie. Like to your point, it was actually I thought it was very well acted. Like. I just uh, he couldn't leave well enough alone. Yeah, and well, and the thing is, it's funny because some movies, there have been a lot of movies, Hereditary and The Witch, come to mind that had basically the same kind kind of ending he was going for, but they just did it much more successfully. Um, and it's just like I don't know, man. It's like he, I don't know. But either way, he's, I mean, his, he's one, his own worst enemy when it comes yes. to endings. Yes. But like, you know, I, I like I said, I, I applauded him at the time because I was like, you know, he was trying to do something unique. Um, you know, uh, one thing I thought was actually pretty funny is, um, you know, in it, like on like, you know, they inter- invite that uh, musician on, and they, they're like on their like little radio show, and he's like a member of a fucking black metal band, and it was the most accurate per- performance because a lot of those, a lot of uh, the black metal guys take themselves way too seriously and have this sort of like uh kind of a up their own ass sort of like persona and they they kind of capture that really well and i like black metal music but uh um 
you know, it's a very silly genre that takes itself way too seriously. And, and I thought Rob Zombie uh, sort of took the piss out of it uh, pretty well uh, in the movie. But, um, but yeah, so it's definitely an interesting, one of the more interesting, quote unquote, like satanic, you know, films of the last, you know, few years. So before we wrap up, I have to ask you, because I, I ponder this a lot. I have a question too, so. Okay, no, you go with your question first. Okay, I just wanted to have a chance for you to make fun of me, James. Um, <laughs> well, only because I, I, we came in here with Satanic, uh, not, not necessarily like devil movies, right? I mean, yeah, yeah we, we, just, got, we, we kind of went around, weird. but yes. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's probably a little witchcrafty. Would you, cons- would you, would you put the craft on, on, on your list? If we're talking about uh, witch movies, of course. I mean, it's okay. the craft. So you don't think it's like satanic in any sort of way? Uh, no, because they specifically don't worship the devil. Gotcha. And so it, the devil has to be prevalent in, in some shape or form. Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then, then you can't make fun of me. I'm sorry. I no, just wanted a clarification, I guess. But go ahead, Derek. That's okay. No, it's a, it's a good, that is a good call-up between Satanism and witchcraft, which are, I think, uh, in, to the untrained eye, are very commonly confused with each other. Very much so. Yeah, and they are, in, I mean, in cinema history, I mean, going back to Black Sunday and I mean, a ton of movies, Haxon, um, Haxon's should have been, we should have talked about that already, but like the image of the devil and the witch, uh, the hag witch has been, you know, very uh, intrinsically connected, but, you know, uh, there's also like, you know, Wiccan deities and worshiping the Earth Mother. And that's why I like to go the craft is instead of going the sort of, generic route of like they worship the devil they took it more towards a, a, a slightly more accurate sort of wiccan god so anyways but that's, yeah. that's not, what I was, not what i was getting at but also like i think this is like kind of where it gets confusing as well because you have a movie that's called the witch mm-hmm. which has black philip which is obviously mm-hmm. like a yeah, I think you would rope that into the satanic like black. Oh, that movie was definitely going to be on my list. So. Yeah. Um, but I think that's like I think that's tag to your point. I think that's like maybe where people get confused because they think like witch and the devil like do go hand in hand, and mm-hmm. sometimes in cinema they do, and other times it's a quote unquote they don't. evil. Yeah. Well, so that's what's so fascinating. That I mean, that's why the movie the the VH is so good. Is uh, you know um historically like you know obviously with the salem witch trials is really where you started to see the idea of the pagan witch being transformed into sort of a you know like a sort of anti-christ anti-christian you know evil sort of um uh belief or occupation Mm -hmm. um and that's what's so interesting about the and you know and then again folk tales have definitely always since you know uh, probably the 1700s have been, you know, they, people have used witch to say, oh, they worship the devil and they talk to Lucifer, um, even though historically that's not exactly accurate. But um, what's so great about the movie The Witch is that it's the whole point is that, like, he, the father is this, um, you know, he's enforcing this very uh, fire and brimstone version of his, I'm assuming, Christian faith. Um, and saying like, oh, you know, bad things are happening because, you know, worshiping the devil and this is the devil and you're evil and the devil. And the whole time he's like, no, it's just uh, kids being, you know, um, you know, the kids are, you know, being bad and they're lying. But then there's the, the movie kind of goes on, um, you know, you start to see, uh, you know, 
Black Philip uh, sort of uh, becoming more and more, you know, um, an actual like uh, satanic Luciferian figure. Yeah. And then that amazing ending where, oh yeah, they are witches and there are witches. <laughs> but just playing off of like, you know, that, you know, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, I think, I mean, I, I, I actually have a weird fascination with witches to begin with. Um, well, we need to do that on another podcast. This time. Yeah, we can uh, talk about witches and uh, witches, witches, witches yeah. in film. Because um, there are a lot of good witch movies. So there are great witch, witching and bitching. You know. Yeah, witch um, and bitching, which is Beeswick. So, Hellraiser. Where do yes. you put that in the vein of like satanic and or devil movies? Like, because I mean, Cenobites are very different, and they're not. Like, yeah, that's so. Um, that's a really great. That's a really great question. Um, that's one of the things why I love Clive Barker is that it's it's very hard these days to create new mythologies and take it take it a concept we all know of like quote unquote demons and really kind of creating your own version of what that would look like. Um, uh, you know, if you go to um, was it books of blood one i'm trying to think of where the, the which the first story that inspired the, the film franchise but um you know again the, the, is it, like is it Hell, hellbound heart like, yeah it's hellbound heart but i'm trying yeah. to think if it was in which i don't know if it's books of blood one books of blood two um but i think it was books of blood one actually but um you know i as far as i know there's no it never says they're uh demons as far as i know i mean i don't know if it specifically says that uses that terminology to explain what they are i it might, but I know for certain there's never mention of the devil, but it's definitely playing off of that concept of, of what we would consider a demon. Um, it's very interesting, like, you know, because uh, there's been a lot of debate as far as like what, what they are, what they represent. Um, uh, but, you know, definitely, I will say that uh, one of the most memorable versions of, uh, of that concept uh, I've ever seen, uh, genuinely very unsettling. Um, you know, especially because he plays off of the pleasure pain yeah. um, relationship, um, which you know uh, definitely has its uh, its own appeal. But yeah, very interesting. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know the answer to that question. I don't yeah. know if. if no, I just. I was. I was like, yeah. I, like, it's always something I think about. But then I, I'm like, well, it's kind of its own thing, so you can't really lump it in. But people are like, well, it's called Hellraiser, and I'm like, yeah, but that's not really like that's. You know, in the comics, he it does take place in hell. That like at one point, it literally goes into the the, uh, the seven levels of hell, and Pinhead at one point does become the ruler of hell in the uh, comics. So, uh, very interesting. Um, you know, I don't know if that's quote unquote canon or not, but uh, yeah. but definitely is. Uh, you know, it's like I said, it's very hard in this day and age to create new versions of um, things we already know, and it's one of the most you know uh, memorable versions of demons I, I think has ever been in pop culture. Yeah. Very true. How they bring it up because they're they're gonna redo it or revitalize it. And came up the other day. I was reading about it. Did you see that last one, like the uh, found footage one? Uh, is it the judgment one? I honestly don't remember. It's like the. Uh, uh, no, the last one I saw was like they were like it was like a cop and it was called like judgment. And it was like the arbitrator or like the auditor. Uh, the auditor does sound familiar. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't, they were like trying to move it away from Pinhead and into a different direction. Yes. Kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, and honestly, my, my only opinion of that is if it does not have Doug Bradley in it, 
as Pinhead, I don't yeah, want to watch it. I don't want to see it. I, I don't care. I just realized, I think the newest one I was thinking was actually uh, Revelations, which was the 2001, which is the awful makeup. And it's like a... Final oh, that was movie. the one that came... Yeah, that's the one that came out. And then there was like a video one, too. It was like Hellworld or something yeah. like that. Where like that but, was, they came out like neck and neck with each other. Like yeah, Hellworld. Well, no, Hellworld was 2005, it looks like. Oh. And then um, Revelations is 2011. I don't think I know Hellraiser Judgment. But again... Post uh, honestly, post Hell on Earth, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. every, Bloodline, Inferno, all of them suck. So, like, uh, completely, like, almost unwatchable. But which is sucks because it's such a great concept. And you know, uh, and the thing is too, like, you know, Doug Bradley's still out there going to the conventions. He's still, you know, oh, yeah. dude, put like, put that dude. I mean, I know, like, he he's aged, and there's certain things that you can't really hide with makeup. Um, but dude, I'm like, dude, just give give us these. Yeah. I'll take an older version of Pinhead. I don't give a shit. Let's well, Doug Bradley's amazing. And that's, and that's that goes back to the whole conversation we've had a million times over. Is like you will never know because they will be in makeup. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like Pinhead is at any point in any like Hellraiser movie running after people. I mean, he has Cenobites to do that for him anyway. So like he's just the kind of the guy with the clipboard. <laughs> you know. I mean, can we even talk about for a second? We talk for about a second yeah. uh, that uh, you know. In this day and age, like, you know, we have, uh, you know, CGI everything, like, you know, very believable, well done CGI, three-dimensional um, characters done in computer. Um, you know, you got de-aged uh, Robert De Niro, like, you know, with, with, with somebody like Pinhead, which is a, you know, very, you know, uh, complex makeup. And I'm, I'm saying this as a giant advocate of traditional makeup and practical effects, but like, I'd still like, you know, take a one-tenth of your budget, and make a, you know, clean up, a, you know, make a really cool looking CGI Doug Bradley pinhead. And dude, like, I yeah. think the fans would rather that than recasting it with some fucking schlub. So. You just, I mean, it, just his, his tone, his mannerisms, his... Oh, he's he his, is the character. Yeah. He is just, he is a character. Like, even just some of the, like, lines that he has. Um, just even like, oh, the fun we'll have. Yeah, you know? oh, the, yeah dude, that's yeah. the thing. It's like... Um, yeah, he just, uh, yeah, he just, he, he's just uh, great at these one-liners. He knows the character. Like, I just feel like that's your, your, you're missing out. Like, not casting him. So hopefully, whoever rebrings it up or revitalizes it is smart enough to reinvigorate uh, Doctor Bradley. Amen. Yeah, and like you said, like, and you know, let's let's let, I, like get one more. And the thing is, one thing is, like, as far as I know. Um, he's still with Dev. He he himself is down to play the character more. Um, you know, one thing I love is you know, um, Clyde Barker's retired supposedly. Um, mm. uh, but I definitely would love to see Clyde Barker and Doug Bradley come back for one more movie, even if it's the quote unquote end of the franchise. Uh, as you know, that that always happens uh, or sticks. But um, I would love to see them come back and kind of work together one more time because I know they're still friends. I mean, the thing is, like, you know, they've been on, or at least the last thing I read is that they're they're still uh, friendly with each other. So, um, yeah, you know. I don't, I don't even think he's he's not even seven. Doug Bradley's not even seventy. Like he's actually younger than he's born in fifty four. So. Oh wow! Okay. I, uh, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, so he's he's barely he's got a couple of years before he's even seventy. Yeah. So he's. He's younger than Robert England. He's definitely younger than, like, he's a little bit younger than Nick Castle. Like, I mean, he can, he can do it. We believe in you. Exactly. 
Um, so, uh, you know, one thing is like, um, you know, he's a, like, the character of Finnett is actually a kind of a sex symbol among a certain demographic. And, um, you know, it's funny because like, you know, he's so imposing and almost regal in the makeup and as the character, but, you know, seeing him as normal Doug Bradley, at least at the time, I think as he's actually, you know, fellas, you know, we are lucky that uh, in our modern society, uh, most, you know, most people can consider that, you know, men age gracefully as opposed to uh, women, which are more judged upon society. But um, I do think Doug Bradley is one of those guys who has actually uh, gotten better looking with age because, you know, one time he was kind of a nerd. He looked kind of like a dork <laughs> outside yeah. of the costume, very unassuming guy, you know, with his male pattern baldness and kind of meekness. But, uh, you know, in character, you know, very cool, very like, uh, I could definitely see the appeal. Um, among some, but um, yeah, um, but yeah, let's 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 get Doug Bradley back in the makeup one more time. Let's uh, yeah. let's do this because you know fucking Hellraiser, Judgment, and Inferno, yeah. and all these movies are not cutting it, guys. Ooh. Ooh. That's all we're saying. And on that note, I guess it's time to wrap it up. And Ooh. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. Man, I learned a lot today. Man, well, you should. I mean, it was good because I, I haven't actually just bartered a deal with the devil before I uh, came in here today. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Yep. I said, yeah. hey, give us some sponsor nip, sponsorship. Start with a blue chew. Blue chew, the big, the big not sponsor of us. That's what we're saying. Yeah, red, red bite. That's red, what red bite. That's right. <laughs> red, red bite gives you red, red swallow. Ah, oh, we've me and Tank are on the same page. Anyway, hey, well. Hey, you know, uh, yeah, follow us on Spotify. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. You know, I honestly haven't checked if we have any reviews. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually start doing that. Um, so I'll see who's actually leaving reviews for us. Um, but, yeah, no, great show. Uh, you know, if you're not, you know, satisfied with, you know, just this one show, we have tons Tons of content that you can go back and listen to for Texas Podcast Massacre. That's right. Uh, and Going Commando. And if you need a little softness in there, uh, we got a relationship show. And also for sports, we got wrestling. So we got we things. Got, we got something for the whole household while you're all quarantined together sort of. and don't want to talk to each other anymore. <laughs> you just be holding up, listening to our podcast, and you hear our lovely voices uh, across your headsets, but not have to talk to your family. Which Absolutely. Is- so don't sell your soul to the devil. Just like and subscribe. That's all you got to do. That's all you have to do, folks. But uh, we want to thank you again for listening during these times. Uh, we hope you and your family are staying safe and you're washing your hands regularly and staying away from people. Uh, but, yeah, you know, for Texas Podcast Massacre, I'm Tank Rodriguez, Dirty Derek, Jimothy James Dean. We are out. Peace. Later.